Hello and welcome to the Skytime Podcast with me, Simon Cousins. This is the podcast that aims to share information and experiences within the Sky community. As we begin the long process of recovery from lockdown, with tourism set to open on the 15th of July, it's important that we prepare to promote Sky as a safe and sustainable place to live, work and visit. This week, I'm doing things a bit differently. Instead of speaking to people and businesses within Sky, I'm going to see if we can draw lessons from further afield as our businesses start planning for opening up and kickstarting the economy. I've chosen another island, albeit a slightly bigger island. Well, 1,308 times the size of Sky, to be precise. The island in question is Greenland, and despite the differences in scale, there are many similarities. Prior to COVID-19, Greenland saw a rapid rise in tourism, with increasing numbers of international visitors. The country is still in lockdown and taking a precautious, phased approach to reopening. With very little chance of capturing the international market this summer, Visit Greenland is having to focus on promoting staycations or face a potential loss to the economy of £450 million this year. My guest is Steen Selma Anderson of Visit Greenland. Welcome to the Skytime podcast, Steen. Hi, and thank you so much for, for having me. Now, firstly, how has tourism developed in Greenland over the last decade? Over the last decade, tourism has developed quite a lot. Uh, We've gone from being this very uh, undiscovered destination, we still are, with very, very small numbers, but having uh, generally increased on on season expansion and new products, new camps. uh, And we have really had a very targeted marketing uh, in terms of aiming for adventure tourism. And that has really paid off. And we see that in our tourism destination now. We primarily have adventure tourism. And we have had an increase over the last 10 years, like steadily in tourism. We have around just over 100,000 tourists a year. So it's not very much, but we have tried to aim at a group that pays the most possible per tourist. So we need fewer tourists, but they pay more. So it becomes economically mostly beneficial for us, especially because our community is very, very small. So a big number of tourists will do some damage to us and we're quickly cannibalize our product of being this untouched destination. So that is really the development of tourism over the last last decade in in Greenland. And what are your main markets? Presumably Denmark is a big one. Denmark is obviously a big one. We are part of the the Danish kingdom. And uh, of course, there's a lot of business travel from Denmark, but also family and friends and relatives travel. So those are really the biggest, uh, the biggest market. However, they are a bit challenging for us because they're also cheap. They live with their friends and family. They know somebody who can take them on tours. They have maybe visited so many times that they can go on the hiking trips and fishing trips on their own. So we really like to expand to somebody else. And here is, uh, especially a few markets in Europe, like Norway has started to show a lot of interest in Greenland. Uh, France and Germany has been big markets for a while. The UK, obviously we would like more of, and then the United States. And what are the key seasons? Presumably high summer when you've got 24-hour daylight is uh, is a big draw for people. Yeah, yeah very much midnight summer the summer. And also it's like the hiking season. It's, it's, uh, we have a lot of hiking tourists and sort of extreme adventurers. 
So summer from the start of June to the end of September is really the, the primary season. And then, of course, we have dog sledding season in, in uh, the spring, March, April, May while there's still still snow. So uh, so those are, we have those two two primary seasons and then we're trying to expand uh, even more into winter with like dark sky tourism, northern lights and, and so forth. In a land of 836,000 square miles, how do people get around and, and what are the main tourist areas? <laughs> we primarily get around by plane or by boat. The villages and towns don't think we have any anything big enough to be called a city um, are not connected by roads at all because the distances are so vast that we have this big ice cap that kind of blocks the way. So you have to either sail or go by plane, which sort of makes it a bit expensive to to travel domestically in Greenland. So right now, the uh, the tourism hub of Greenland is Ilulissat, that is in, in the northwestern part of Greenland. They have had a, a UNESCO World Heritage Site with icebergs. They have these massive, massive, massive icebergs. And they've had that for, for quite some time now, and that really draws in a lot of tourists. However, we, we would really like to try to make people combine destinations and make that easier, also financially easier. So by combining Ilulisat with, for example, the capital area Nuuk has really paid off. And together with our international airport in Gangaflusvag, like that roundabout has been really, really popular. And also South Greenland has flights directly from Iceland and so does East Greenland. So they are popular too, but, but it's lesser numbers. How have islanders reacted to the growth in tourism? Well, we actually did a survey last autumn among the citizens of Greenland and what they felt about tourism. And they were generally really, really positive. They saw it as a, a big benefit for the local community because there were jobs, good jobs, who pays well. And and it's jobs that people really like to have because who doesn't like to sail people around? <laughs> so generally, it's a really, really good positive feedback both we, we asked them specifically about land-based tourism and cruise-based tourism because we have both and they were slightly more positive about land-based tourism and thought that cruise could be a bit more invasive in like their their local community because there's a lot of people for a, a small amount of time but generally they were really really positive and as tourism has grown has entrepreneurship grown in Greenland of people coming up with ideas for innovative adventure tourism Definitely, definitely. Especially this whole uh, camp in the wilderness, get as far away from everybody as you can and have no no Wi-Fi signal, no nothing has really, really blossomed. And that is sort of often within a niche of some kind of interest, like, for example, actually char fishing, hiking, like I said before, hunting or hiking. And then there are these more like soft adventure that likes both some culture and a lot of nature and likes to be physically active that are more in the cities and do like museum tours one day and do a hiking trip the next day. Visit Greenland has a very impressive website and I defy anyone to look at the website and not immediately want to to go. How important has that been in selling the, the real Greenland? Well, first of all, thank you. It has been a, a huge amount of work. There has been a, a major work in this over a long time. And to start up this whole Be a Pioneer brand and, and build up the website around that. And it has taken a few tries to get it as, as good as it is now. We have a, a fabulous digital strategist 
Philip right now, who is who is really you know controlling this website and the new staycation website, and, and he's doing a fantastic job. So, and just getting all the content and getting all the products and all all, all the pictures updated, it's really a team effort that goes around the whole organization. So. We're really proud of it, and it's lovely to hear that it's being noticed the places too. I'd like to play a short extract from one of the videos on the website that features a skipper of a boat offering fjord tours. Knowing the fjord altogether because it's so enormous, I, um, I, I know all the wonderful places, all the great spots and the interesting parts, and... Uh, that's where I like to take my guests. In my job, I have the privilege to be able to show my guests on board my ship what I really love myself in the fjord behind Nuuk, Nuuk Gansloa. I'm very happy to do that. Nuuk Fjord is enormous. It, it has so much to offer. In adventure tourism, you can do so many things in there and it's really, really big and it's beautiful, wonderful. You can sail for days and days in there and you will still see new things and new animals and, and you get new adventures. So the, the uh, possibilities in there are just endless. With tall big mountains and long fjord runs, Lots of wildlife, beautiful sceneries, whales, icebergs, waterfalls, whatnot. It's, it's just fantastic in there. Now, what strikes me about that video is the, the passion of Eric Paolo Jacobs and the captain of Arctic Boat Charters for giving the visitor a, a great experience. On Sky, there's a lot of effort going into moving visitors away from tick box tourism, where they just want to dash around taking selfies at some of the iconic sites and move them more to a, an immersive experience in the island's culture. How important is the experiential approach to tourism in Greenland? It is very, very important. Like I said before, uh, we are very dependent on having as much economical benefit from tourism as we possibly can. So getting people to actually buy products and offering them products in different price ranges is very, very important. For example, a, a trip with Eric is is on, on the more expensive side because it's a full day trip where you sail with the ice fjord, you see whales, and he's this fantastic guide along the way. You get you close to a waterfall and so you can drink the water directly from the waterfall. He has all these, these small parts of a single experience. It's actually much more than just a boat trip. And I think that that is really what sells the tours and what makes people buy those expensive tours because it's so much more than just a sailing trip or just a hiking trip or, or whatever we can get our, our hands off. But at the same time, offering small trips, like for example, guided tours, they're not very expensive to go on, but it gives people a better understanding than if they walk around with a city map. Especially because in Greenland, we I don't know if it's a good thing, but we don't have a whole lot of signage that tells people about what they actually look at. So people kind of have to pay for it to understand it. We have also, I know that, for example, in the capital of, of Nuuk, um, there has been made this art walk that is actually free, but you still have to go to the art museum to download it. So you sort of, you make 
routes for people that make it possible for them to buy something, even if it's a free experience. Okay, then maybe they'll buy a ticket for the museum or get into the shop and buy a souvenir. So it's really about making it easy, I think, for for people to spend their money um, <laughs> and then, of course, selling them, them the experiences. Your 2020 season was about to get underway when coronavirus struck. How did Greenland react? Greenland reacted quite quickly. Obviously, again, we are part of the Danish realm, so many of the uh, restrictions made by the Danes has direct influence on Greenland. For example, when they decided to shut down the borders of the Danish kingdom, so did the borders of Greenland. So in that regard, even though the corona hadn't come to Greenland, the restrictions already started to set in a lot earlier. And that meant that we have had, I think, 11 cases so far. They are all cured now, and we don't have any active corona at all. And of course, that's because they have acted really, really fast, and they've been very, very careful. It's quite incredible that you had so few cases, and obviously locking down early helped you in that respect. But you're taking an even more cautious approach to reopening. You've got a phased plan. Talk me through the phases of reopening. Yes. So right now we're in phase phase one starts on the 15th of June. And it depends on actually the level of contagious coefficient, I think it's called, in Denmark. Because that is our entry point at this point. And normally you can also enter through Iceland. But right now that those routes are still shut down. So now you can only enter through Denmark. So in this regard, in the first phase, we are allowed to get 600 visitors from Denmark, and you're allowed to transit in Denmark. And because the Danish government has made a travel bubble with our biggest markets, Norway, Germany, and Iceland, those nationalities are allowed to travel into Greenland as well. However, with the restrictions that we have, you have to have a negative corona test to get on the plane. You have to show it at the airport, and it has to be less than five days old. And when you arrive, you have to go straight into quarantine. You're allowed to go to your final destination, even if that means transits or transfers. But you have to go straight into five-day quarantine. Then you need to be retested and wait for the results. And then when it's negative, then you can go about as you want. However, when it comes to tourism, there are a lot of gray areas uh, we are starting to get cleared up. For example, when you come in from Denmark and you land in Gangnafusuak, we have this very fantastic uh, and very famous hiking trail called the Arctic Circle Trail that goes from Gangnafusuak to uh, the coastal city of Sisimut, and it's 160 kilometers as far as I remember. Can you, for example, go directly from a plane on that hiking trip that usually takes between 8 and 10 days, depending on how quick you are? And you can. So that way you can actually spend your quarantine in the wild and still get nature and tourism experiences. And that is how we're trying to to come about it and figure out, okay, how can we do this so tourism can still work? Because very few tourists, I think, would want to spend their holidays in five days in a hotel room before they can actually go out and do something. So we're working around that. What a fantastic way of going through quarantine. What sort of guidance has been issued to hospitality businesses in terms of social distancing and cleansing protocols, etc.? Well, right now we have been looking a lot of what other countries do. For example, Svalbard has made this really fantastic, really also quite long document that's very detailed about what each and every single tourism operator ought to do also within hospitality. 
so we have been gathering all that information, for example, also from Portugal. They have made this new cleanliness certification as well. And so where can we take things and put them into our own guideline that fits the Greenlandic scope? And we're working on that and hopefully we can publish it next week. I was reading that under the best case scenario, you may open in August uh, with the worst case scenario, not expecting any international visitors until January 2021. What's your current best estimate? Uh, Right now, it's going really, really well, especially in Denmark, which means that we hope to start opening up for real in sometime in August. We'll be back with Steen Selma Anderson right after this message. In Sky, we are lucky to live and work in the most beautiful place on Earth. As we rise to the new challenges our island faces, our tourism industry has the chance to reset and resolve issues. We have the chance to rebuild, but we need your support and we need your voice. Join Sky Connect and help us reopen with a new sustainable tourism industry. Thank you. You're listening to the Skytime podcast with Simon Cousins and my guest, Steen Selma Anderson of Visit Greenland. Steen, we were hearing that you may not have international visitors back in Greenland until the autumn, or uh, many international visitors. So you've launched a campaign to focus on the domestic market. Tell me about that. Well, we started to look very early on on the staycation concept. We're very early out to say in the Greenlandic media that people should keep their vacations at home so to speak. And and then when we kind of looked at it, we said, okay, now we have told everybody to stay at home. Now we have to walk the walk and do some kick-ass marketing and make it easy for people to actually book something and go on vacation in their own country. I think what is really great for Greenland in terms of staycation is that it's a big country and all regions are basically different in some ways because it's so geographically far apart from each other. So what we did was that we got into a working group and brainstormed and said, okay, how are we going to do this and go about it? And we made a website that gathers all the package tours that are within Greenland, because there were actually a lot of local companies, especially one called Travel by Heart, who just started to to kick out all of these amazing package tours for locals. And we haven't really seen that before. And this is sort of the some of the innovation that we've really seen come across a lot in due to COVID. So we said, okay, we're going to gather all the package tours. We're not going to gather single products that are aimed for locals because that would be way too much and it would there would be no way of choosing anything. So we focused on package trips. This is, you can go and you can buy this and you can click here and then you go directly to the operator who sells the tours. And we only market the ones who are selling it. I mean, where you can book. So we started a lot of work on trying to to gather all these package tours. And then, you know, when somebody heard that we were gathering package tours, they started to, oh, we have just made this one. And it just sort of snowballed into, I think we have 54 brand new package tours for the domestic market in Greenland, as opposed to having none before. And prior to this, was there much of a tradition of Greenlanders wanting to travel within their own country? Well, I would say yes and no. Yes and no. Because we, again, it's quite expensive to travel domestically within Greenland. So if you have family or friends, 
you maybe visit them every second year, once a year, every second year. And then many has, uh, we have this thing in Greenland called a free vacation trip that something you, you can negotiate into your contract. So you can earn one after maybe once a year or every second year where your job pays for your trip. Normally that is so people can go to Denmark both to visit the family that they most likely have there, but also because we have a lot of Danes working in Greenland. So to have that connection, people has usually spent that trip going to Denmark. So another thing that we did as part of the whole staycation thing was actually to start, well, we weren't directly part of the negotiation, but we sort of activated the, the tourism association here to start a negotiation with the lawmakers about being able to use that vacation, paid vacation, in Greenland instead of to Denmark and make it possible to actually use it on hotels, for example, and accommodation as to just transport. So it it made it, again, it, it was really a part of a lot of things that came sort of came together, but making it accessible to people was really our aim, both what we did in collaborating with others and advising the lawmakers, but also what we did in our marketing with our, our website. And also with, you know, we, we are currently, we have a, a competition on social media where we launched a love song for Greenland. And it's sort of a competition now to win a package tour. Actually, we have three package tours as prizes. So people have to sort of recreate the, the music video with their own favorite product. And we're really looking forward to see how that how that comes across with like user-generated content and so that. So the aim has really been from the beginning that this wasn't supposed to just be a marketing campaign for locals. It was supposed to spark a movement where Greenlanders also took this responsibility of doing something good for Greenland. I don't think I've met anyone in Greenland who doesn't have something they wanted to do in Greenland. That just, it never came about because it's expensive or I would rather visit my sick aunt in Denmark or whatever. And people have the, the best opportunity to do that right now. So we're really pushing that and saying, okay, this movement is now, is the time for Greenland. Greenland is amazing. Greenland is a, a really high-end destination in the world. It's exclusive. It's attractive. Now it's time for the Greenlanders to experience that. Earlier, you used the wonderful phrase, kick-ass marketing. How successful has your <laughs> ass-kicking been? Uh, well, it's quite new still, so we're waiting for the first numbers, to be honest. But again, we are very close to, to the local operators who do the package tours, and we can tell that they are very busy doing these package trips and arranging trips within Greenland. So whether it's because of us or because they are good at marketing themselves as well, that isn't completely clear yet, but we've gotten a lot of attention on it domestically, and people are sharing just this uh, music video that we did has, I think, today 108,000 views. And to put that into perspective, we are a, a, a country of 56,000 people. So every, if you put it out on, on that, um, like every citizen has seen it at least twice. So I think that's pretty good. One of the trends we're noticing is an interest in environmental tourism and the concept of volunteerism. Is that something that's taking off in Greenland too? Sustainability in itself is a really, really big thing in Greenland, especially when we look into economic, but also like with society and, and cultural sustainability. At Visit Greenland, we launched a completely new strategy right before COVID hit us. So we had to 
kind of rethink it, but the main umbrella for every single one of our actions are actually sustainability in that strategy. So it's very important, especially because it was a trend that really seemed to take off even before COVID hit, not just as like ecotourism, that is this very uh, niche kind of tourism, but generally as a behavior within the adventure segment that we primarily have. People wouldn't mind like gathering trash while they are on a cruise ship. We have seen people do that. We have this very close um, collaboration with the ECO, which is an association for expedition cruises in the Arctic. And they tell us, you know, these cruise ships are having products where people are uh, being put offshore and then they, they gather garbage and then they get back on their ship and they think it's the best thing they've ever done because people want to contribute positively and have a positive impact on the places that they visit in our experience. And for us, that benefits Greenland, that people are really, really good at being cautious and protecting the places that they are. So do you think this whole experience of COVID will have changed global tourism for the better, for the long run as well? I hope so. Both yes and no. I really hope that we can keep the good trend going not just in Greenland, but but globally, because there are some really, really, really good trends in Greenland. If you look into transformational travel, ecotourism, sustainability, there are some really, really, really beneficial trends along the way. And I think that COVID gives destinations across the globe a chance to rethink and redesign into those trends. And I hope that is what, what COVID can do. They can give some destinations who needed a fresh start, especially those who have over-tourism or those who feel like they, are, they have a stereotypical kind of tourism where it might not be a very beneficial type of visitor. As Sky's tourism business is prepared to open, hopefully in, in mid-July, what advice would you give to them in terms of making the most of the domestic market? I would say for the operators, I would say, first of all, make sure that you're very vocal about how you protect your tourists uh, when they come to visit you. I think it would be the most beneficial for oneself to really, really advertise. We are taking your your safety seriously. And I think all the trends reports that we see, that is how the demands of the tourists are changing. It's a completely no focus point that we haven't seen before. And secondly, make sure that people have good experiences. I mean, it is really the key. That is what we live off. Um, I, I, and I'm sure everyone, of course, does. But, but it is even more important now because before we had this whole marketing booth within tourism, we saw it, uh, that, that big destinations were really heavy in their marketing. And, and that is really, really great. But, but now because the, the demands of the tourists has changed and the behavior has changed, we expect people to be more motivated by referrals, like personal referrals or by social media, um, but by people they know and maybe less by influencers. So every single time you have a guest, they are your ambassador and be so good that you make them their ambassador. I think that is the best advice I can give because that's what's going to sell you tours in, in the future. We felt safe. It was a mind blowing experience. Everybody I know should go there and people are happy to advertise for you in that way. Do you think uh, that places like Greenland and Sky will potentially be at an advantage compared to more traditionally high volume holiday resorts? I think so. Yeah. Again, I really, really think that tourists are starting to request more 
remote places with fewer people, not just within adventure tourism that we have seen for years that that has been a demand, but as a bigger trend. The further you can get away from other people, the safer you are. It's a completely simple point of view, but I think it's going to be really, really important in the future. Fewer tourists means personal safety, but it also means more personalized experiences. Smaller groups is our expectation will will be more popular, maybe even more individual tourism, um, like one people and solo travel, because people are having, yeah, again, they have a changed behavior due to all of this. There are these ideas of that COVID has changed people's mindset about what's important, like a, a global pandemic and a global crisis set, sort of push people back from a consumerism kind of tourism and into a more mindful kind of tourism. So when it comes to products, we are also expecting that people are not going to be as motivated by getting the right Instagram selfie anymore because that that kind of behavior can actually be dangerous for you. So they will move into something more, what's safe for me? What is this, when I'm finally traveling after all of this, I want this most amazing experience. And I wanted to have it with people that I love, but only like, I don't want to share it with a lot of strangers that I don't know, and I don't know where they have been last. So, so that is sort of the, the point, I think. And I think that is a big strength for remote locations like, like Sky and, and like Greenland, because we have, we have that physical distance. We have maybe a lot of more space per person actually than than many other places and then we have this sort of a uniqueness that really says okay if i'm finally going to travel and i'm going to risk this i'm going to do it properly and i think we have the advantages of that finally people listening to you i'm sure will be tempted to visit greenland now if you could sell them one activity one adventure if they come to greenland what would that be I would put it like this. I'm going on staycation this year. On my bucket list is a hiking trip in South Greenland. So I have so many, 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 many things you need to do, but that is what I'm going to do this summer. Steen Selma Anderson of Visit Greenland, thank you very, very much for sharing your experiences. Thank you so much for having me. And that's all for this edition of the Skytime podcast. If you have a subject you'd like me to explore or a guest you'd like to hear, please email simon at simoncousinsmedia.co.uk. You can also email me if you'd like to sponsor or advertise on the podcast. Until next time, stay safe, stay home, and stay in touch with family, friends, and neighbours. Aikiva. Aikiva.